But I think it's really good uh, to be talking to mums. I mean, after all, where would we be without them? Literally. And uh, I don't think that the importance of mothers can be overstated. Their impact, the influence that they have on our lives, especially in those early years, can set us up for life. Abraham Lincoln said, All that I am, all that I can ever hope to be, I owe to my mum. How about that? But it's true, isn't it, that what we are, who we become, is a great part to do with the nurture and influence of our mothers. Our dads get a look in too, of course, but it's not Father's Day, it's Mother's Day. So we're going to just talk about mums. And I think that good mothers are a gift from God to us. Amen? Any mums want to say amen to that? Okay. Well, today I think it's more than proper that we take some time out from our usual program and just honour mums and say thank you and encourage and inspire them in who they are and what they do. That's what I want to do today, just those two things. Uh, So I just want to encourage them and honour them. And honour is something that we take very seriously here at Jubilee Church. It's not just a one-off because it's Mother's Day. It's actually part of our church culture that we honour one another. We always aim to speak highly of one another, to think highly of one another. And so today it's the mum's turn, but actually we want to honour one another generally as a church. And then at the end of the talk today, we're going to have an opportunity to pray for mums and for families generally, the families that are represented uh, by this church especially. And we've also, I've also asked some people to pray today and ask if God has got any words to encourage mums with. So we're going to bring some words hopefully as well at the end. Is that okay? Is that all right with you? All right, so Lord Jesus, I just pray that you'd help me uh, to communicate this message well. And I pray, Lord, you'd give us ears to hear what you want to say to us. I pray, Lord, that you would transform us in our attitude towards parents today, Lord. It is just such a battle in the world today, attitudes to parents, parents to children. I just pray for a move of your spirit amongst us at this time in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so what does it mean to honour mums, and how do we do it? Well, honouring people means to value and esteem them, and that's what we aim to do today, all right? I'm quite sure that mums have earned that right. Uh, They've got a very difficult job. I mean, just think about all the hard work, the sacrifice that's involved in being a mum, and that's on top of having to give birth in the first place, which we only get to watch and try and empathise, but can't even begin to understand what mums go through. I remember when it suddenly dawned on me how much our mums go through when we had our first child, Rebecca, who's sitting up over there, and I was pacing the floor for the umpteenth time, and she had yet another virus, another sleepless night, and another night of crying, and it suddenly hit me. My mum did this for me. My dad did this for me, and they didn't kill me. And, you know, I just felt this overwhelming sense of grateful thanks. And so next morning I waited through the night, and next morning I phoned my mum and dad and just said, thank you, I never realised what you went through. And, you know, the sacrifice for mums is very real. I read somewhere last year an article 
which set this out, and they said that women who never have children enjoy the equivalent of an extra three months in a year of leisure time. If that figure doesn't seem high, if that figure seems high, remember that the average mother spends three and a half more hours a week doing housework than a woman without children, plus 12 hours a week on child-related activities, which adds up to an additional 754 hours of work every year, the equivalent of three months of a 12-hour, five-day working week. How about that? Any mothers identify with any of those things at all? I mean, there is sacrifice involved in being a mum. And for these reasons alone, I think mothers deserve our honour. But more than that, because the Bible agrees that it's right for us to honour mothers. Early on in the New Testament, God singles out mums, along with dads, for honour in the fifth commandment, which says, honour your father and mother. Which Jesus then points out that it's the first command that comes with a promise. And that promise is, honour your father and mother so that you may live long and that it may go well with you. How about that? You know, mums don't only deserve our honour, God has commanded it, and if we want things to go well for us, then take Jesus' advice and honour them. And the staggering thing is about this commandment is that there are no conditions placed on that honour. The Bible says that we are to give honour not for what our parents do or for what they have done, but for who they are. Because it's your mum, because it's your dad, you honour. That's what the Bible says. So have you ever wondered about your life? Have you ever wondered about whether things have gone well for you or not. And perhaps this is somewhere that you ought to start. Have I honoured my mum? Have I honoured my dad? I think that's pretty challenging, actually. And you'll be amazed how often this subject comes up in talking to people about relationships with mum and with dad. But it's pretty challenging and I've got to say for me, if I'm absolutely honest with you, I've got to say to me, for me, it's not actually that hard because I've got really great parents. Uh, they're not perfect, but they're great. And I've also had a very good experience of mothers over the years as well. I've been really privileged with the women in my life that fulfill this role. First of all, there's my own mum, there's Jill. It's a picture of her just there. There's my mum, look. And just off to the corner, you can see a little hand. The little hand wouldn't let me put the cute picture up next to it. But that's my mum taking the little hand to the zoo a while ago. That's my mum. Uh, she, she was and is a great mum. And there's plenty to honour in her. She's loving. She's godly. She's passionate for God. And she's a prophetic woman of prayer. So not hard to honour my mum. And then there's my wonderful wife over there, just sitting quietly and looking beautiful, who's the mother of my children, Alison. She's a great mum. And it's not difficult to honour her either. Alison is 
continually sacrificial. She always gives everything to the the kids. I don't get a look in, you know. Um, But she is. She's just so sacrificial. And not only that, there's lots left over of her afterwards. She gives to the kids, but she's giving to everybody. She just loves people. Becky was saying to me recently how she's learned from Alison a lot about just being hospitable. And it was interesting because Alison didn't know that Becky had said that and Alison was saying to me this morning about this love of hospitality. They had the food night on Friday night with a few people. And uh, she was saying, do you know, I realise I got that from my mum and I got it from my grandmother as well because they were all like that. It's just this heart of hospitality. Easy, easy to honour. And, uh, of course, Alison as well is just an incredible teacher. Um, we affectionately tease her about this, but she's just got this knack of turning every situation in life, every life event, into a teaching opportunity or a moral lesson. I mean, you'll be amazed at some of the discussions that go on around our table. Like today, for example, I'm not allowed to tell you, but you would be very surprised at some of the conversations that go on around our table. I'll give you a clue. It started with marriage and what you don't do before marriage. But these are the kind of things that go on in our house. Two fantastic mums, easy to honour, easy to appreciate, and I thank God for them genuinely, not just on Mother's Day, but every day. But I know that this isn't the same for everybody. You know, some people have got very difficult relationships with their mums, and this the word honour and mother doesn't even fit into the same sentence. Even respect is difficult, sending a card ridiculous. And some people don't even know their real mums. Who are they? They don't have any kind of relationship with them, so how can you honour? How can you honour a mother that you don't know? And I won't even get started on dad. (laughs) But in a broken society such as we are in, this is increasingly a difficult question about honouring mothers, honouring our parents. But at the same time, it's a circular one, I think. Because as we look around, we also see the effects on a society that no longer honours parents. So not only is it hard to honour some parents, we can also see the effect of not honouring parents, not honouring authority. And if you're in this position where it's not so easy, actually, then honour is still a relevant command. It just may be a little bit different for you. And uh, it's impossible to cover every eventuality here, but for some of you, honour might mean perhaps honouring the memory of your mum, thanking God for her and the role that she played in your life when she was with you. The reality may be now that it's your stepmom that's performed that motherly role for you and it's to her that you owe that respect. Or maybe honouring your mum will mean thanking God for the mother that gave birth to you. There isn't much more you can say than that. She was the one that gave life to you and went through pain for you and carried you. I mean, where would you be without her? As I said at the beginning, it's literally true. Or it could mean that the only, the honor that you need to give to your mum today is actually one of forgiveness. And that means that you come to God 
And in your heart, you decide to forgive your mum for the hurt and the damage that has been done, and in so doing, release yourself. Perhaps that's the best gift that you can give to her this year, even if she doesn't know about it, but God does. But whatever it is, whatever the situation is for you, I think we need to take this command from the Bible to honour our mums very seriously. But it needs some thought, perhaps. How shall we honour our mums? Just think about that. Just think about how I can do that, how I can fulfil that command, that willingness before God. So we want to honour the mums amongst us today, and we also want to encourage and inspire them. I wonder if any mums ever need any encouragement or inspiration, anybody. I'm putting my own hand up because I feel like I need it too in parenting. But mums in particular, I want to talk about encouragement and inspiration because I know what a thankless task motherhood can be for a lot of the time. But, you know, raising children is also an incredible opportunity and a privilege. The influence that you have in that very short period of time in your child's life can, in all seriousness, impact future families, communities, and even the world. Just that little bit of influence. I was recently reading um, the biography of uh, the mother of John and Charles Wesley. And, and I don't know if you know anything about her, but it, it's said about her that although she never preached a sermon or published a book or founded a church, she's known as the mother of Methodism because her two sons, John and Charles, as children, consciously or unconsciously, applied the example and teachings and circumstances of their home life, end quote. I mean, Susanna Wesley... It was just an amazing lady. In the 1700s, she gave birth to 18 children. 18 children, nine of whom died in infancy. Others died through childhood illnesses. One was smothered accidentally by a nanny. She only ended up with eight children. Two of those, John and Charles Wesley, changed the world. She had a really difficult life, actually, many hardships. Her husband left her and the children, think of all those children, left her for a year because they had a minor dispute over something. And during this time, she wrote to her as her absent husband. And in what she wrote, I think we get a glimpse of the kind of woman that she was. It's quite a long quote, but I think it's worth reading. She says this, she says, I am a woman, but I am also the mistress of a large family. And though the superior charge of the souls contained in it lie upon you, yet in your long absence, I cannot but look upon every soul you leave under my charge as a talent committed to me under a trust. I am not a man, nor a minister, Yet as a mother and a mistress, I felt I ought to do more than I have done. So I resolved to begin with my own children, in which I observe the following method. I take such a proportion of time as I can spare every night to discourse with each child apart. 
On Monday, I talk with Molly. On Tuesday, Hetty. Wednesday, Nancy. Thursday, Jackie. Friday with Patty. Saturday with Charles. What, what a woman, eh? And we know from history just what this amazing woman put into her children. John and Charles grew to be powerful men of God who were instrumental in turning around a whole nation. Through their influence, the UK saw social reform, prison reform, and the reversal of a moral decline which isn't dissimilar to the one that we're seeing in our society today. We need men like those today, don't we? We need men like them. I mean, did you know that it was, it's largely thought that it's because of the influence of John Wesley's teaching that Britain didn't fall into civil war like France did because of John Wesley's teaching and the influence that he had. And it all goes back to their mum. And I don't know, I just think that is incredibly challenging. I mean, can you imagine mums and dads raising John Wesley or Charles Wesley, the future John or Charles Wesley? I mean, going back to my own mum, I can say that she played a really great part in my own spiritual journey. My dad did too, but in a different way. You see, my mum was the one who would pray with us at bedtime. She was the one who had the time or made the time to talk things through with us when my dad was not there or he was working. And it was my mum that sat down with me, and especially as I got older, going through teenage years, and she would talk to me about the things of God, and she nurtured my hunger for God, and especially the presence of God. I think that's where it comes from. That's where it comes from. And many cups of coffee were consumed during that time. But I want to say this, mums, you have got an incredible opportunity to put good stuff into your children, especially when they're very young. What you do with them in those first three or four years really does have power to shape the rest of their lives. And that's why King Solomon, who was one of the wisest men that ever lived, wrote this proverb. He said, he said in Proverbs 22, 6, train up a child in the way that he should go, and when he's old, he won't turn from it. What you put in at that time impacts the rest of their lives. And then Paul writes to Timothy in the New Testament about the powerful influence that both his mother and his grandmother had in Timothy's formative years. He writes this, he says, I'm reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded now lives in you also. For this reason, he says, stir up the gift of God that is in you. For this reason, that the faith that lived there is now in you. Because of that, because of that heritage, this is why God has commissioned and called you to do what you're to do. Look, I want you to see that the faith that lives in you can live in your children too. And this is right and this is good. You know, I've heard parents say to say before, I don't want to force my faith onto my children. I want them to make up their own minds. Nonsense. I just think that's rubbish. (laughs) 
I mean, this is the time when they're young, in the formative years, that they make up their minds. That's when they're, they're shaped, that's when they're molded, that's when so many things are determined. Even educationalists will say to you that those three or four years are crucial for what those children become educationally. How much more important spiritually? This is the time when they make up their minds and it comes from your teaching and from your example as well. And it's got to be both. You know, teaching without example is hypocrisy and kids see through it quicker than most adults. You know, my mum and dad weren't perfect and they made and still make uh, a lot of mistakes. But one thing I'll say about them, they're going to be listening to this later, so, um, all right, Mum. But one thing I will say about them is that they were never hypocritical. They never tried to cover things up, and they never tried to pretend that they were perfect. You know, their lives were an open book to us, and we knew that their love for God was the real thing. And I don't think our children, and feel free to ask them, but I don't think they'd be under any illusions about us either. You know, there's many times when we've blown it, or when we've messed it up, and we've had to say sorry, or I got that wrong. But I am sure that they'll know that our faith is real, and that it's alive and well. Guys, that's how our faith gets to live in our kids, when we live our lives openly like that. I don't know if you uh, noticed that in that passage that Paul wrote that Timothy's dad isn't given any credit. He's not even mentioned. There's all sorts of speculation about this, but in Acts it tells us that Timothy's dad wasn't a believer. Uh, He probably wasn't a believer. He was a Greek man, and so it's unlikely that he was a believer at that time. Who knows about later? And so it seems that the faith of his mother is what caught, and God used that in that young man in an amazing way. And I think that should encourage you mums particularly, especially those who don't have Christian husbands or men of faith as husbands or single mothers. You know, God still gives you an incredible degree of influence to speak into the lives of your children. And I want to inspire us all, but especially the mums today, to live radically for God. Involve them in your lives. Involve them in your lives with God. Live openly. Talk about your faith naturally. You know, I'm not so sure it's about so much Bible studies that you do with them or memory verses that they learn. I think all those things are good, but I think it's more about involving them in your life. Things that you're praying about, involve them in. Things that you're worrying about, even, involve them in. Share it with them. Teach them. Teach them how to learn to live with God, how to how to walk with God, how to apply faith to situations. You can only do that if you're prepared to take risks and be open and share some things that you're struggling with. And we often share things with our kids. We've got faith projects together that we can believe for. And I think that's a really exciting way to 
teach your kids about God. You know, just a couple of years ago, we had a, I mean, it's just a silly thing, but this is the kind of way we can teach our children. We just had this silly thing. Wouldn't it be great if we could go on holiday to France? And, you know, we've just moved house and all that. It's a bit of a tight budget time and all that. But let's pray and ask God if we can go on holiday to France. And we saw answers to prayer. You know, the right person who had the right place that we could stay. And then we got a little gift and another little gift from somebody. And then we got the tickets. And then Tesco club card points came up trumps. And we all celebrated. And we thanked God. And we all agree that it's the best holiday we've ever had. I don't think that's just because it was going to France. I think it was the journey, the whole journey that led us there was just exciting and wonderful. I'm going to draw to a close now, but mums, we honour you and we thank you and we want to encourage you and inspire you. I want to take some time now to just pray for mums. And uh, we want to pray for families too. And we also want to bring some words of encouragement, I think. Nobody's actually told me they've got any, but I'm just trusting that somebody would. And as we pray, I, I'm also conscious that for some people, this is actually quite a sad day as well, because you've lost your mum. Uh, I don't mean in the supermarket or something, you know, but, you know, she's died. And that's just really sad as well. And I know that things like Christmas, birthdays, Mother's Days, those kinds of things are really sad times. We were out on the streets at Christmas, a few of us, and as we'd gone out that morning, we were praying, and I just felt God gave me a description of somebody that we had to find. We've, we had this description of a lady that she was going to be dressed in a certain colour, that she was going to be standing in a certain place, and the clue at the bottom was that there's been some family tragedy and she's sad at the moment. And uh, we went and we stood at this place as nobody went and stood at this place. We went and we stood at this place and eventually this lady stood just where we had seen in this clue. And we said, look, we've got this written down. God told us to come and find a lady who looks like you, who's dressed like you and is standing here. And God said that th- there's a sad situation in your life and he wants you to know that he loves you. Does that mean anything to you? She burst into tears And she said, I can't believe that God sent you to me today. My husband died at Christmas time, and I always found this a very difficult time of year. I'm so overwhelmed that God would know about that and care about that. Isn't that wonderful? But I know that these can be difficult times for people. We'd like to pray for you as well, and just pray that God would comfort you uh, in this time. So there are uh, also people that have different t- challenges that we've touched on today. I would love to be able to talk to you about that and pray with you as well, because it is hard to honour when there are things going on like that. So we'd like to pray for you too. So I'm just going to pray generally, first of all. I'm going to invite the people who I've shared with, if they want to come up and share anything with with people, and then we'll offer to pray for people individually. Okay, got that? Amen. Should we just stand a moment? Lord Jesus, we want to thank you for mothers today. And we know that you had a mum when you came to earth. 
and you honoured your mum as well. And so we want to do that. We're in good company with you for doing that, Lord. And we just pray that you would bless every mother represented here today, and even those that couldn't be here today. We just pray that your blessing would go upon mothers and mothering generally, Lord. We just pray for for the mums of Jubilee, that they would be vibrant in their faith. Lord, that they would be encouraged today. We just pray, Lord, for mums that are discouraged at the moment. We just pray, Lord, that they would find further grace from you at this time. And Lord, we also want to pray for those who've lost their mums, and we just pray for comfort for them too. We just pray that your peace would come upon each of them as they remember their mum and honour their mum too. We want to pray for those that are struggling with this whole thing of how do I honour my mum. I just pray, Lord, for revelation to come right now in Jesus' name and grace to let go and grace to forgive. Thank you, Lord, for being here with us. Thank you for loving us, Jesus. Thank you that you chose Father as a name to give yourself. You're interested in fathers and mothers. You're interested in families. And we just pray, Lord, that your blessing would fall on all of the families of this church. And we pray, Lord, that it would uh, touch even the people in this community that we don't know yet. We pray that families in Solihull would come to know Jesus and to know your grace and to know your power in their lives. Amen. Amen.